Love Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden, he prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own, grief but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. In pity, angels beheld him and came from the world of light to comfort him in the sorrow he bore for my soul that night. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And the last, when with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. Will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Praise God, it is too. I can't even begin to tell you how, how wonderful it is to be loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He loved me in spite of me. Amen. I have nothing to offer him. All I had was my sin. And he washed it white as snow. Praise God for his His love and salvation through his blood. Amen. Prayer request this morning? Yes, Dan. Okay. We'll be praying for you, sister. Praying God will give you relief on it. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Pray for you, too. Lift you up in prayer as well. Y'all pray for my back. I've been having some trouble losing strength in my arms, and just arms just feel like wet noodles, and I can't hardly use them sometimes. Right. And my legs have been getting some numbness, too. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Y'all pray that they find what it is. I, I think maybe it's just a chiropractic adjustment, and they either don't know. But it could be something more. Y'all just pray that I find some answers on that. Anybody else? Surely somebody got something. How many of y'all like to see God do something here this morning? We can pray about that, can't we? Amen. All right. Well, don't just pray for your neighbor, for God to do something in you too. Amen. All right. Let's let's remember to pray for uh, Bubba Smith's family, and uh, they're going to be having a we'll have a memorial service on Saturday, and uh, all right. Yeah. All right. So we'll be praying. We pray, y'all be praying for that family and pray that we're able to minister to them. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's remember all the others that we've mentioned here in the days past, and let's ask God to meet with us. Yes, you have something else? Yes. Faye. Faye Ebbs. Yes, she lost her granddaughter. Yes. You got one too, Jake? Yes, ma'am. We sure will. All right. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us this morning. Robert, lead us in prayer. Yes. Hey, be seated.
or not very good or not much that he could use because God can use anything but nothing. He can use anything but your silence. And all the time what stops us is this idea that we're not worthy. And I want to tell you something. I'm going to give you some good news. Ain't none of us worthy. Ain't a single one of us deserving or worthy or, or privileged or honored. We all, we're all we all just saved by grace. And so all of us, if we got anything to offer God, it's worthwhile to him because if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have the ability to do it anyway. He gives us the ability and the talent to do anything we're able to do. So I can get this collar straight. We're going to sing. Yeah. 
Moreover, you see in here that not alone in Ephesus, but in almost all throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the whole world worship. And when they heard, they heard these things, or when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered into the people, the disciples suffered him not. A certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. They drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, of Ephesus ye know, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly, for ye have brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open, and there are deputies. Let him implead one, them implead one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, I just thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for that truth that's in it. Lord, I'm thankful that it encourages us, it teaches us that, Lord, little is much when you're in it. And I'm thankful for that, Lord, that it gives us hope that, Lord, we're not we're not helpless. Lord, I, I pray this morning you'll use me, and, Lord, you'll use the Word of God, and you'll take the, the truth and you'll communicate it to your people. That, Lord, though we seem like we're insignificant sometimes, so we, though we seem sometimes that what we do is so small and has such very little uh, impact, Father, help us to see that even though we can't see it necessarily when we do it, Lord, when we do something for you, it has a it has an eternal impact. It has an everlasting impact, and it and it does something mightier than we could ever imagine when we do something in the power of God and the strength of God and in the will of God. And Father, I pray I pray that you you'll use me this morning. Help me, Lord, guide my thoughts, my words. Lord, you just take control of the entire vessel. Speak through me exactly what you'd want me to say. I put myself completely in your hands and for your use. And Lord God, I pray you'll touch me this morning. Touch each life impacted by this message those here and those listening in. Father, I pray the Holy Ghost would stir in us. Lord, draw us to yourself. Draw us to the truth. Draw us away from the filth of this world. Lord, use us for your honor and glory, I pray now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, again, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. But let's get into the Bible here and let's look at what we can learn in this chapter. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just... I'm struck by something. I, I see, I think back to when Paul was in Athens, and he, he was, his spirit was stirred within him because he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. And Paul had such a love in his heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. He, Paul was eat up completely eat up with the fact that he had not served, he had not, I believe the fact that he had he had missed the Messiah to begin with, and he being a Pharisee, a Pharisee, he knew the law, he knew it, and he missed it, I think that eat him up inside, the fact that he had consented to the death of Stephen, and Stephen was stoned to death, and he was consenting to it, and once he realized what a man Stephen was, it eat him up, those things those things were, were the engine that burned inside of Paul's bosom that motivated him. When he realized that his entire nation was dying and going to hell because they'd rejected the Savior, it was a fire that burned in his bosom. And so he, he, he went on despite everything that was against him. And everything was against him. Understand, there was no church out there. 
There was no support system out there. It was just Paul and whoever would go with him and the power of God, and that was it. And God had to open every door. I think we take for granted sometimes how, how, how difficult it was for Paul. I think we don't think on how difficult things really truly were for Paul and the hardships that he suffered for Christ and, and how he persevered regardless of everything that came against him. I dare say if a fraction of what came against the Apostle Paul came against us, we'd go home, sit in our bedroom with the door shut and the lights off and cry because we couldn't handle it. I'm telling you, we don't have any idea of the hardships that we can go through and suffer and do it victoriously for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have not suffered in America. We are not suffering now. We are cushy. We're living cushy compared to the rest of the world. We take for granted the blessings of God every single day. We, we, we feel that we're living in a, and I'm just going to rant for a minute because I feel like it, so let, give me a little space. We live in a, in a an idolatrous, selfish, useless, sin-sick world, and people are so entitled and whiny and crybabies and things ain't going to get for me. So-and-so didn't use my correct pronoun, I'm going to fall apart. We're living in such a weak watered-down society, we don't know what hard or tough is. Amen, preacher. That's right. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul, he went through hardships and suffered it. He suffered it triumphantly for Christ. He didn't look on it as, oh, i got to go through all this hardship for Jesus. He looked at it as, look what God can do with me. Look what God can do if I'll just submit. God can do tremendous things. He believed that all things were possible to him that believed it. Paul believed that. And I'm going to tell you something. If you'd believe it, you could be successful too in this Christian life. So the Bible says the word of God, God grew mightily and prevailed. Just this little handful of men, this little handful of men who traveled all over this great big area. And when they got over here, I'm going to tell you right now, when they got right here, the word of God spread throughout the entire known world. The Bible says that, that, that it prevailed. That means that the, the idols, that, that means that the idols that had been previously worshipped, their temples were getting a little bit empty. Their priests were making a little less money. There wasn't as much meat on their altars. I mean, the prostitutes in the temple were standing around picking their fingernails. Looking in the mirror, brushing their hair. Anybody going to show up? No! Why? Because they're getting saved. And when people start getting saved, you know what? They don't want to go to the, the prostitute temple. You say, preacher, you shouldn't say that in the pulpit. I'm just trying to be real with you. I'm trying to tell you, listen, it's no more vile than people going to the honky-tonk out here. Because you don't want to go to the honky-tonk, they're looking to go home with somebody. Amen. Go sit in the dark and drink and then do things you shouldn't do. Yes. People are just as vile today as they were back then. They just don't have a temple. They put a sign out front and get a liquor license. But it's no different. So let's get into the Bible. I can stand here and talk about it forever. We'll get into it and we'll learn something. The Bible says in verse 21, Paul said, and since after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit. And that's important that we notice the language there. It says, Paul purposed in the Spirit. That, that Spirit there means his own Spirit. He had, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, this was his plan. He said, after I get through and I pass through Macedonia and Achaia, after that he said, I need to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. He didn't realize he was prophesying what was going to happen to him. Because when he went to Jerusalem, he's going to get arrested, and he's going to go to Rome in chains. Now, he didn't realize it, but see, some, something happened right there in that verse. That was a turning point in his ministry. Paul, and I, want, I didn't mean to hammer on this, but I'm just going to hit it because we're here. Okay? Paul was the Gentiles' apostle. Y'all follow me? Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Okay? But Paul has a heart for his own people. Paul is burdened for his own people. Listen, it's just like it's just like somebody who's our whole family's lost and they're going off to the mission field. They might be out in the mission field when it's over, but their heart's back home with their family. They want them to be saved. And Paul felt that way about the children of Israel. They were his family. 
They were his people, and he wanted them saved. So he's got in his heart that he's got to go to Jerusalem, even though God has sent him to the, to the Gentiles. He's going against the will of God. You say, but it's not going to be wrong because he wants them saved, right? He's trying to win people to Jesus. You can, you can go the wrong place. Just ask Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah, right? He went to the wrong place, and God put him in a fish's belly and sent him back to the right place. Amen? And you know what? God ain't going to put Paul in a fish's belly, but he's going to put him in chains to send him to the right place. Now, let's keep moving. All right, so he sent unto Mace- into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus, that's Timothy, and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And the same time, the Bible says, verse 23, and the same time there arose no small stir about that way. He said, what do you mean, that way? Not, I remember years ago, so I said, well, they're that way. You know, it meant something totally different. That, that, but that's not what the Bible's talking about there. Okay? can't believe I did that on video. But anyway, there arose, a, there arose no small stir about that way. What that way? Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there was... There, there was an uproar over the fact that, that Jesus was preached to be the way of salvation. Amen? So the Bible said it was no small stir, so it, it caused an uproar everywhere. People started to get upset. Who was getting upset? Well, I thought everybody was getting saved. Well, it hadn't been the other crowd then, huh? It hadn't been the crowd that wasn't getting saved. It hadn't been the crowd that didn't want salvation that got stirred up because so many were getting saved. What was happening? The devil was getting uneasy. He had that. Whole, he had this whole region soaked up in idolatry. You see, it came from back over here in Babylon, and it went over here and landed in this area. When 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 Alexander the Great, when he conquered Babylon, all that garbage got brought back with him, and so it got set up there in in in, in the middle of the Mediterranean. People were worshiping idols. And what used to, what we've been studying in Sunday school, how they used to worship over here where they built the Tower of Babel. I know I'm off the map, but over here where Babylon is, where, where, where Baghdad and Iraq is, where the Tigris and the Euphrates go together, where the Tower of, where the Tower of Babel was built on the plains of Shinar. Listen, those people brought that religion over here with them. And understand something. We're talking about, we've been talking about Babylon in Sunday school. We've been talking about how everything comes from Babylon. We've been ta- we talked about this morning in Sunday school how the Statue of Liberty in, in, in New York Harbor is nothing more than a representation of the old ancient goddess Semiramis from Babylon. She's not no, that statue's nothing to be admired. It don't stand for freedom and liberty. It stands for bondage. It stands for bondage to idolatry. You say, preacher, that's horrible. How dare you say that? Because it's true. If you don't believe me, I'll show you the website that says it after church. There's a Congressional Medal of Honor website, Congressional Medal of Honor website. They show the picture of liberty, and they say she is derived from Queen Semiramis of Babylon. Right there on the governmental website. Now, I said all that to say the temple of Diana. That's what we're talking about this morning. That's where this whole controversy is going to get centered around, is the temple of Diana, which is here in Ephesus. If you know your history, if you remember history class, you'd heard about seven wonders of the ancient world. Y'all remember hearing about that in using history way back yonder? Okay. Well, one of, the, one of those seven wonders of the world is the temple of Artemis. The temple of Artemis, Artemis is another name for Diana. The temple of, of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. I, I got a little info here that I'm going to read you about the temple of Diana. It says, well, it says, the ancient Greek city of Ephesus was another center for the worship of Diana. The goddess had a magnificent temple there that took 220 years to construct and was regarded as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Within the temple was a famous ebony statue of Diana. The upper body of the statue was entirely covered with breasts, symbolizing Diana's role as the goddess of fertility. Again, Diana, who is she? She's simply the queen of Babylon. She's just another representation 
of the Queen of Heaven that the Israelites worshipped when they went into captivity in Babylon. They learned to worship her. She's the goddess who was worshipped at the Tower of Babel. She is nothing more than the woman who rides the beast in Revelation. She's the same old, same old. Satan ain't got no new tricks. He runs the same old thing by you time and time and time again. It's Satanism. That's all it is. That's all idolatry is. It's just Satanism. So, the Bible says that thirst was created. Why? Because their worship was getting hindered. All right? And the Bible says there in verse verse 24, follow there with me. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain under the craftsmen. So these men, now again, there's a stone there, and we'll hear about it over there in in verse 35, but there was a stone that they claimed nobody knew Nobody knew where it came from because it had been around for as long as anybody can remember, but the legend was that it fell from Jupiter. And so someone took it and carved into it this figure of this woman who's covered in, in, in bosoms, I'll put it that way, and, 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 and to represent her being the goddess of fertility. She's the goddess of, of hunting. She's the goddess of of uh, motherhood and all these different things to those, those pagan people. But, but, folks, the fact of the matter is she represents anti-God. She represents anti-Christ. She represents the worship of idols. And these people were eat up with the worship of her. And so Demetrius and his, let's say his local union of silversmiths, they got together to talk about the fact that they're losing money right and left. Because people aren't buying their trinkets like they used to. But why? Because people are getting saved everywhere. Why? Because one little old man was obedient to God's will and went out and done what God told him to do. One little old man got up and said, Lord, I'll do what you say for me to do. I'll do it the way you tell me to do, and I'm going to go do it. And when he got busy doing it, other people saw him doing it and said, I'm going with you. Somebody else said, I'm going with you. And for long, there's people going everywhere doing the same thing. I'm going to tell you this morning, you can't wait on others to join you to get busy serving God. I was on the phone yesterday with somebody, and, 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 and I was listening, and, and, and their wife was complaining. It was a pastor, and his wife was complaining about people not in the church not wanting to participate and do anything. I said, Sister, let me tell you some good news. Get out there and start doing it yourself. Get your kids and go do it yourself. When the church starts feeling bad because the pastor's wife out there doing all the work, they'll join you. But if you're waiting around on everybody else to feel like they need to join you, it ain't never going to happen. Get out there and get busy. I'm here to tell you too, church, if you're waiting on, if you're waiting on somebody else in here to show you how to serve God, it's probably not going to happen. You've got to get out there and just start doing it. Amen? I'm not saying I won't help you. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, listen, every one of us needs to be busy for the Lord. We can't, I'm going to tell you, and again, I'm not, on your, I'm not on your toes. I'm not mad at you this morning, but I want to tell you something. I'm going to share this with you. When we get to heaven, you won't be able to hide behind me. You won't be able to say, well, but, he, but he didn't, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. That won't work. Because I won't be nowhere around when God's talking to you about it. And nobody else in here will be either. It's going to be you and the Lord. And there won't be any excuses on that day. Listen, there will never be a good time like right now. There will be a good time to make your mind do something for God like right now. Amen. I don't know where this is going. We're going to land somewhere. All right. So anyway, so they got together. And he said in verse 25, he said, you know, he said, sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. We've gotten rich off that temple over there. He said, moreover, you see in here not alone in Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia. Listen to what happened when somebody just was faithful to God. Throughout all Asia. This Paul hath persuaded away much people, saying there are no gods which are made with hands. So throughout all this area, Paul had persuaded people, he said, not to worship idols. I wish to God we could get that across in America, not to worship idols. And you say, now I don't worship idols, preacher. I don't know if you do or not. But I know there's a lot of people who go to church that do. You say, what do you mean? I, I'll tell you what an idol is. An idol is anything that you love more than you love God. That's anything. Do you know you can make an idol out of your job? 
You say, well, I've got to work. I've got to work. I've got to make money. I gotta, you don't understand? I've got to make money. You also need God, too. Amen. Some, some people make a television. The television, they're God. They'll stay home and watch their show before they come to church. But my show's on. Some people make a God out of the movies. Well, that my movie's playing. I can't go to church. i got to go to the movies. Some people make a God out of their favorite singer. Make a God out of their favorite actress, actor. People make a God out of their billfold. That's usually the biggest ones, our billfold. Because we'll spend our money on anything we want but God. Amen. I know it's tough preaching. I know it. I get it. I know it's not fun. But it's true. We are eat up. This nation is eat up with loving itself. Like I said, we're the most entitled people in the, on the face of the planet. We're eat up with things and stuff, and we have lost our... You know, when Jesus, he wrote to the church at Ephesus, what did he write? You have lost your first love. You know why? They've taken their eyes off Jesus. That's what happens to people who've got too many things in their life that they love more than God. All right, so let's keep going. So he said, verse 27, he said, he said, not only our craft is in danger to be set at naught. I mean, that's, that's something pretty strong. Again, they were, they were making money hand over fist as people are pouring in to Ephesus to go worship at that temple. And they got their little trinket hut set up and they're selling their stand. And as people are coming in, I mean, it's like, it's like them, them folks down at, 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 in Florida buying them Mickey Mouse ears. Think how much money been made on a Mickey Mouse here. More money than everybody in here could ever dream of. Off a Mickey Mouse ear. Trinkets. Think of, I mean, cotton cookies. Think of how much money that evil corporation, and I didn't mean to get on it this morning, but I'm going to do it anyway. You think how much they've made off a trinket junk. Plastic trinket junk. They have made probably billions of dollars. People taking their little things home so they can remember their time. Walt Disney World. Oh, it's so precious. My wife sees a mouse, she screams. Amen. That's the way I feel when I see Mickey Mouse. Amen. I won't scream too. I don't like him. He's a rat. My daddy told me that a long time ago. He's nothing but a rat. Anyway, let's get back into it. All right, so. I, get, I promise I'll get this preached in a minute. <clears throat> so he said, verse 27, our craft is set to be in danger, set it not. He said, but also that the temple, not just, not just that we ain't going to be able to make these trinkets and people ain't going to buy them. He said, but also there's a danger that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, that people should look at it as a foul place, and that her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. In his mind, everybody in the world, now why would he say such a thing? Again, we go back to where does this come from? This is the pagan idolatry that goes all the way back to Babylon, that the whole world took from Babylon when the Tower of Babel fell, and they took their goddess religion with them into all the world. So he's not wrong when he says that, that all the world worship her. And he's saying that the preaching of Paul, that this one little old man is affecting the whole world in such a powerful way that the whole world is in danger of losing its godless pagan religion. Wow. What a God. What power. That's the Holy Ghost of God, my friends. That ain't Paul. That's the Holy Ghost of God pouring out the truth about the love of Christ to the entire world, the known world at that time. He set up a missionary hub in, in Ephesus, and people just people learned the truth, and they said, I've got to go and tell somebody. I've got to go and tell somebody. Where can I go, Paul? Is there a place that you know of where I can go be a help? Is there some place where you've established a church that maybe I can go be a blessing? People just started going out into all the world. They, you know what? I don't think they stood around and said, well, I don't know if I'd be a good enough person to talk about this or that. No, they just went. They saw the need, and they went. And they went in such a way that the devil started getting nervous. So 
So when these guys got together and they had their little powwow and they brought it, he brought it all out on the table that if, if we don't do something quick, we're going to lose our money. We're going to lose our, our jobs. We're going to lose our, our fortunes because the power of God is working. What led up to that? Y'all remember? What led up to this happening? I remember last week. Seven Jewish boys, sons of the chief priests, went into a guy's house and said, In the name of Jesus, we assure you to come out of him. And that devil jumped up and whooped them and took all the whooped all their clothes off of them and beat them bloody and kicked them out in the street and everybody seen it and said, Oh no! Woo! That scares us. We don't like to look at what the devil to it. Oh, we want to get rid of that. They came about all their witchcraft books and they burned them. They got right with God. They had a big revival. I say revival. They had a big evangelism event. Everybody got saved. And, and, and that made a powerful impact in the city, and that started what you see took place. It's, listen, when, 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 people start, when people start getting right with God, that starts a fire that cannot easily be put out. When the fire of God begins to burn, things begin to happen. But it takes some people saying, I want to be in your will, Father. I want to be in line with you. I want to put these idols away from me. Well, when they heard that they were going to lose their money, when, when they went out in the streets and began telling everybody, listen, the Temple of Zion is going to lose its preeminence. It's going to, lose, it's going to be destroyed. They went around telling everybody that. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. Don't you think they had a problem with that? They're going to destroy our, 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 our money. This is our bread and butter. People come from near and far to see this. And all those people began to get panicked. And the Bible said they were full of wrath. They said, ain't no way they're going to take away our living. Ain't no way these people are going to come in here and change our town. Isn't that kind of the way people get? Come in here and change everything we fixed and had this way for so long. And the Bible said they were full of wrath. Boy, they were angry. And they cried out saying, Great is dying of Ephesians. Self-affirmation. They had, to, they had to say it out loud to make themselves feel it. Yeah. In their heart, they knew she wasn't, but they had to, the more they said it out, again, you tell a lie loud enough, and long enough, you begin to believe it. And so they began to believe their own lie. That even though they were men who made these little trinkets, and they knew that these were just trinkets. They had to have known it. They were the ones who made them. Yet they believed their own their own noise. And so here they get they get angry and they and, and the Bible says that, 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 that they caught Gaius and Aristarchus, two of Paul's traveling companions, and they rushed with one accord into the theater. I, I you've seen angry mobs. You've seen how they run. They grab some of them all running through the streets and, 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 and rushing them into that theater. And the Bible said that Paul would have entered in. It amazes me. Paul, Paul ain't scared of anything, y'all. Fear is not in his mind. He's done seen heaven. He knows what the glory of heaven looks like. There ain't no fear in him whatsoever. And you know what? That ought to encourage us. That if Paul's seen it and he said there's no fear... There's no reason for me to be afraid. I can be as bold as a lion for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake because ain't nothing going to get me that can hurt me. Listen, the worst that death can do to me is put me in Jesus' presence. I'm not afraid. So Paul said, I'll go in there. Even though they're going into that temple, even though those men are angry, even though they're talking about doing awful things, I'll go in there and tell them. I'll go in there and I'll fix this situation. And the disciples said, no, oh, Paul, no, 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 buddy. no, 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 we need you. Hey, don't go, it's suicide, don't go in there. And they wouldn't let him go in. And a certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him. So these are, these are, these are people, big people in government. These are people that Paul has won to Christ who are, who, are, who are movers and shakers in Asia. And they, they sent to him and they said, don't do it. Don't do it, man, don't go in there. There's no need for you to go in there and get killed. And some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. And the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. Most people didn't even know why they were there. You know, they had no clue. They just knew there was a riot going on. They just knew somebody was doing something they didn't like. 
They weren't sure what it was. Well, before we find out, boy, we're going to be mad about it. So let's just go yell. Let's, I'm mad. I'm mad at my daddy. I'm going to go yell a while. I don't, me and my wife had a fight this morning. I'm going to go get it out of my system. I'll go chant and yell and riot with the rest of them. And, you know, there's always some people that's just looking for a fight. They was rednecks in Ephesus, y'all. They was just looking. They just standing around looking for somebody to look at them wrong, sideways, you know. So they got the crowd together, and they went in there. And they're all yelling. Again, some of them yelling one thing. Some of them yelling something else. They don't even know what they're yelling about. They're just all yelling. And they drew Alexander. He was a Jewish convert out of the multitude. And the Jews putting him forward. They tried to get him to talk. And Alexander beckoned with the hand. Said, hey, come on, y'all. And he would have made a defense unto the people. But when they knew he was a Jew, with all one voice, about the space of two hours, they cried out, Great is Diana of Ephesians. Oh, and oh, and oh, and oh, just chanting that. These people didn't have a clue. clue. They were bowing down to something that couldn't do a thing for them. Ain't never moved, said one word ever. Never spoke to their heart. Never led them one way or the other. Just a rock. Just an idea. But no, there's more to it. There was a devil behind it. And the Bible said, and when the town clerk had appeased the people, he got them all settled down. He said, you men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of Ephesus, of the Ephesians, is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? He said, seeing that these things cannot be spoken against. Well, it could be, but let's just put it this way. He said, ain't nobody was there when it fell. We don't know what happened. So can't nobody speak against it. He said, y'all ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. He said, wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly, for we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. So long and short of it was, they, they were about to get themselves in trouble. He was afraid that they were going to be in trouble for, bringing, for running in there and doing this thing. But the point of the message is that it's not, it's not the, 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 the rallying in and screaming and the hollering. The, the message is this. Look at what can be done in the power of God. Look at what a, a commotion can be made just by preaching God's word. Look at how the power of God comes forth and, and upsets Satan. We, we, I know we look at this world sometimes, folks, and we look at how the devil is doing everything he's doing, and we, and we feel powerless. We say, you know, I'm just one voice. You know, there all these news stations are all saying the same thing and telling people lies, and I'm just one voice. But you know what? All it takes is one voice. All it takes is for one person to stand up and start telling the truth, and others will tell them. All it takes is for one. Again, you can't wait on somebody else to go to an altar and say, I'll stand and do what God wants me to do for you. So well, I'll go on you. You need, to, you need to step out on your own and follow God and not worry about what everybody else is going to God will join you when you go forward with him. You make up your mind this morning, Lord, I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to stand for the truth. And I'm going to stand for what's right. And I'm not going to give into this world. Lord, if you'll give me your help and you'll, and you'll guide me and you'll, you'll lead me, Lord, I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll turn away from idols. I'll turn away from things that would pull my, my time and my mind and my heart away from you. I'll turn away from that stuff, and I'll give that up, and I'll lay it down. And, Lord, fill my life. Fill my life. Lord, the times that I used to spend uh, giving myself the things that was a detractor from my walk with you, Lord, fill that time with, 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 with your presence. Fill that time. Lord, help me to remember to go to you and talk to you during that time when I miss those things I used to do. I'll tell you, the dangerous thing. When we when we just lay something down and we don't feel that Lord. Bible talks about that about about you know seven seven spirits come back and feel that what we got there. 
evil will fill that void. I, I, I had a son tell me years ago, if you take, say you take, you take watching, watching horrible movies and you, and you get rid of that, you give that to God, if you don't replace that time with something else, the devil will find something to it. I urge you this morning, come to God. Bring him the things that you know are in your life that don't belong there. there I, listen, we, none, of us, none of us necessarily are probably all outright idolaters, but if we really took a look at our life, there are things that God's not going to There are things in our life that we give too much attention to and that we don't even need to. I urge you this morning, let the Holy Spirit of God hold through your life. As we go to the Lord's Prayer in a few moments, let him calm through your pages of your life. And let him put his finger on the pages that God's not pleased with. When God shows you that, he wants to rip the pages out of the morning. Say, God, I, if that's going to please you, I don't want that. I just want to serve you. God wants to, God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to pour his love out through you. He wants to use you to touch other people's lives. So you can step back and say, how would you live? Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 